From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Ready with your call to Mr. Pearson in Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, thanks, operator. Hold on, please. Go ahead. Hello? Hello, Johnny? Yeah. I got your wire. Hold up payment on the Abbott claim? That's right. Anything wrong? I haven't talked to Abbott yet. The people I have talked to are all wrong. The veterinarian who handled a horse, a secretary in Abbott's office, and an office manager he fired. There's something cockeyed around here. Any ideas? Not yet. Okay. We'll hold up the claim on your say-so, and if there was anything wrong about that horse's death, you better find out about it. No. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Universal Building, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Duke Red Matter in San Pietro, California. Expense account item three, 48 cents, postage. I sent a registered letter containing a copy of Dr. Gorey's injury report on the racehorse Duke Red to a veterinarian service in Cleveland, asking them to verify the extent of injuries to the animal. Item 4, 25 cents, toll call to the Abbott's branch outside of San Pietro. Whoever answered the phone told me that Mr. Abbott was busy somewhere on the grounds. I didn't bother to leave my name. Instead, I drove right on out. The Abbott breeding farm was complete with white fences, rolling green hills, bluegrass, and a stately old colonial residence set at the end of a long roadway among towering trees. From the porch of the house, I was able to see the stables and a trainer working with a horse out on the ranch track. Yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning. My name's Johnny Dollar. I'd like to see Mr. Abbott, please. Uh, yes, sir. Come in, please, sir. I'll try to find Mr. Dollar. You want to wait here, sir? Thank you. He left me standing in one of the biggest living rooms I'd ever seen in my life. I took a plant in front of the fireplace, lit up a cigarette, and began to look at the pictures and statues of racing horses lining the mantelpiece. Pretty soon things started. A blonde girl in a yellow suit walked in, having an argument with a gray-haired man in Jotfors. They didn't see me as they entered, or they just didn't pay any attention to me. Pardon. Strong enough, I have brains enough to live as you please. I forbid you. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Oh, about how you forbid it and it can't go on. Well, let me tell you, it can go on just as long as I want it to go on, and I don't care what you do. Now you listen to me, young lady. As long as you're in this house and under this roof, you will conduct yourself according to the way I dictate. Dictate? Yes. Who are you, Hitler or somebody? Don't whatever you do interfere with me again, ever. Terry. I'm sick of it. Do you hear me? Sick of it. That was as much as I heard, but then it didn't last long. I saw them go out and walk around the garden once, shake fists at each other, finally part. He disappeared up a narrow stairway, and then, about a minute later... Wait a minute. Hello. Hello. How long have you been here? Uh, too long. Oh. Why didn't you speak up? (laughs) Well, I cleared my throat a couple of times, but no good. Then I... I tried to look like I didn't hear anything. Nothing seemed to work. 
If it helps any, I'll keep it all under my hat. I won't tell a soul. He doesn't like the company I keep. What do you think of that? I don't know anything about it. Give me a general viewpoint, at least. Well, I've run into a lot of parents who don't approve of the kind of company their sons or daughters keep. In my court of human relations, parents don't always know what kind of company their daughters and sons need. When those daughters and sons reach the age when they need company. Good. You're on my side. I didn't finish. On the other hand, daughters and sons have the same problem. They don't seem to know either. You're a coward. Who are you? Johnny Dollar. I'm here to see Mr. Abbott about insurance. Was that Mr. Abbott? Yes. You're not an insurance salesman. You're here about Duke Red, about what happened to him, aren't you? That's right. I'm Terry Abbott. Glad to know you. How much money did Daddy have Red insured for? $65,000. $65,000. Hmm. I, um, I don't suppose you have a cigarette. Sure. Thank you. Has the claim been paid yet? No, not yet. If Red had made the tracks this year, he would have doubled that. Tripled it, probably. There's not enough money in the world to replace that horse. He was a great running horse. I've heard that before. Dr. Gorey mentioned it. Look, I, I'm sorry all this happened. Dad shouldn't have shot Red. We understand he was injured beyond hope. That's a lie. That's a what? Dad shouldn't have shot him. He just shouldn't have done it. Red was the only horse in the whole stables worth anything. The only thing around here worth anything. Wasn't the horse injured? Injured? Oh, that's what you'll hear. They'll all tell you that. But I can tell you something else. Terry, what are you talking about anyhow? He's an insurance man, Dad, and I can tell him the whole thing, and I will. Go to your room, Terry. It was a terrible thing to do shooting Red. It, it was just like murder, and you know Be it. Be quiet and go to your room. It was murder. 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 Stop it. <gasps> now go to your room. Thank you for the cigarette, Mr. Dollar. Oh, she's been terrible about all this. Very upset. Any time I've had to destroy an animal around here, she gets like that. Been that way ever since she was a little girl. I see. I knew I'd have to put up with her acting like this, but I'm reluctant to apologize to you for her actions or for mine. Jim Gorey told me you were in to see him yesterday afternoon. I wish Dr. Gorey hadn't told you that. I intended to tell you myself, Mr. Abbott. If I've offended you, I'm sorry for it. Makes me look I'm doing, doing something shady. You could have come right to me instead of going to Dr. Gorey. I tried to. You were out. Then you could have waited till I came in. If this is the way that insurance company operates, I might have to find a different one. Look, Mr. Abbott, there's quite a bit of money at stake here. We have to go to everybody during an investigation. Dr. Gorey ordered the horse destroyed. It seemed very reasonable to go to him and ask why he took that action. We want to know all the circumstances. If you talk to Gorey, you know them. Why are you bothering me? What do you want? I want all the information you can give me about the accident, the time, date, people who saw it, exactly what happened, where it happened. Do you always handle a case this way? It's the way I'm handling this one. I don't like it very much, sneaking around behind my back. No matter what you think of me or my methods, Mr. Abbott, I'm the man assigned to handle this claim. My report has to be completed before the matter can be settled. They don't know what they're doing, sending a man like you out here. You filed a claim. What did you expect? A little decency and respect and courtesy. That's what I expected. That fool Monroe filed the claim. I understand he had power of attorney as your office manager to do that. Well, he did it too soon. I would have waited until things calmed down around here a bit. 
What do you mean? You saw how my daughter acts. Losing a fine racing animal like Red can have a bad moral effect on the entire ranch. That's what I mean. And Roe didn't use his head. So you fired him? Well, that's one of the reasons, yes. Another reason is I don't like him. Never did like him. But what business is that of yours? Are you here to accuse me of something? <sighs> Mr. Abbott, we'll pay off your claim when we're satisfied the circumstances were proper. We're not satisfied now. Let's discuss those circumstances. I'm not afraid of you, Dollar, or your insurance company. I don't like you snooping around my office in town, talking to my friends about me, talking to my daughter about me. No man would. If I don't get my information from you, Mr. Abbott, I'll get it somewhere else. That'll drag this whole matter out. What I've seen of you so far and what information I do have isn't exactly in your favor. I don't like that kind of talk. You don't seem to like anything about this. Now, how about it? Do we keep this up or do we get down to business? The trainer was bringing Red back from his afternoon exercise. Outside the stall, Red got scared. A mouse or something. He reared back and jammed into the blade of the tractor we use out on the track. It cut into his Achilles tendon, hamstrung him. When Dr. Gorey got here, he said that Red didn't have a chance, so I shot him. I'd like to talk to the trainer. What's his name? Tom Warner. Where can I find him? He isn't around anymore. I fired him right then and there. Told him to get off my property and stay off. Where'd he go, Mr. Evans? I don't know. He took his things and cleared out as fast as he could. He knew better than to hang around here. Well, what do you mean by that? What I said. He knew better. That's what I mean. Well, I'll have to find him and talk to him. Who else was there when it happened? No one. Just me. The rest of them were up at the house having dinner. No stable hands, your boy? I just told you. No one. How about right afterwards? I went to the office in the stable and called Dr. Gorey. Before or after you fired Tom Warner? After I fired him. You were there alone with an injured horse? You didn't call up to the house for help, send for anyone up there? You went in and called Dr. Gorey? Yes, we handled it together. Any objections? It would have been better. Perhaps we could have avoided all this unpleasantness if you'd left the remains for us to examine. Dollar. I've got maybe 150 head on this farm. Now and then accidents happen. If one of my stock is dead, I get rid of it as fast as I can with as few people as involved as possible. I do that for a number of reasons. That's the way I operate. Nevertheless, you were aware the insurance company would ask you for proof of loss in this matter, and if the you... The insurance only... company does not run my farm. I run a dollar, and I take orders from no one. Look, I'm trying to tell you the problem we face. We have no carcass to examine. Therefore, we have to ascertain the facts from other sources. Did your daughter see any of this? The accident or destroying the horse? Terry. Yeah. Of course not. You mean those crazy things she was saying when I walked into the room? Well, in view of the crazy circumstances, what she was saying might be worth listening to, Mr. Abbott. Huh. I had the impression that she saw the accident. Pipe dreams. She wasn't even around. I'd like to talk to her just the same. Cully! Cully! You talk to anybody you like, Donna. I don't care. But I hope you made notes today because you've already got all the information you're going to get from me. Yes, sir, Mr. Abbott. Yes, sir. Cully, I want you to look at this man. Yes, sir. His name's Johnny Dollar. Yes, sir. If he comes knocking at this door again, if he even comes to the front gate, if you see him on the grounds ever again, throw him out. I don't want him around here. Yes, sir, Mr. Abbott. And right now, Cully, you can just show him out. You're being foolish about this, Mr. Abbott. Show him out, Cully. This way, Mr. Dollar, sir. Never mind. I can find my own way. Dollar, sir. Mr. Dollar. Huh? Uh, just a minute, sir, if you please, sir. 
Sorry about that in there, sir. I, I don't believe Mr. Abbott really meant it. Sounded that way to me, Cully. I know how it sounds. He's just, well, not himself. You understand, sir. Not quite, no. Losing the horse and all. Sounds to me more like he's losing his mind. Does it, sir? Huh? Do you think Mr. Abbott's losing his mind? Do you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, sometimes I do. Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, the whole case starts to fall apart like a man full of bullet wounds, which is just about the case. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by John Dawson, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan speaking. <laughs>